risen God and he is risen with new life and being that we're in him and he's in us we have new life now that we're in Christ so we receive that new life God we thank you for saving us we thank you that we're born again we thank you that we're free we thank you that we're chosen we thank you that we're righteous we thank you that we're sanctified we thank you that we're delivered we thank you that we're redeemed we thank you that we are healed we thank you that we are prosperous we thank you God that we have everything that we need in him we move in him we live in him we have our being so we let go and we let you do what you need to do in our lives on today God for we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live but it's Christ who lives in us in Jesus name amen and amen Hallelujah. It's a knowing. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Chapter 4. The book of Acts chapter 4. And I'm going to start at verse 23. Acts chapter 4. Beginning at verse 23. We thank God for his word because it's life in the word of God, isn't it? So we receive that life and we receive it more abundantly on today. Amen. Thank you, God, for your word. And the word of God now reads, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which have made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David have said, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever their hand and thy counsel determined to be done, to determine before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by scratching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. I want to talk on the power of prayer, power of prayer. I'm telling you, God knows what to do, how to do it, when to do it and where to do it. We just have to listen to what God is doing in such a time as this and during this pandemic. I want you to know it's not only going to be the pandemic, that we need to be praying about. And we don't need to wait until things happen to begin to pray. First of all, prayer is communication, communing with God. It's talking with God. It's spending time with God. It's getting to know God. Because when you come before God and you're getting to know him, God is going to let you know what he wants you to know. He's going to let you know what he wants you to say during every situation. Sometimes when we go before God, we go to him all about us, 
all about what's going on with us. You know, sometimes that can be selfishness. Now, I'm not going to say sometime. It can be all the time. Because we can get selfish and think that we're the only ones going through. It's people out there that's going through worse things than what we're going through. But when we can set our mind on things above and not on things of this earth, we will begin to get what we set our minds upon and who we set our minds on. So this is why we have to understand what prayer is and what prayer is not. Because sometimes we think that we're praying, but it's just he motions and she motions. It's not um, praying the way that we should be praying. It's not doing the things that we should be doing when we go into prayer. Because when you make it all about you, that's not prayer. Because when we go into the word of God, you can see every prayer in this word. People did come to God on some occasions about what they was going through, but it was totally different. So that's what we're going to talk about today, the power of prayer. When we look at Acts chapter 4, just give you an overview. It started in Acts 3 when Peter and John, they were on their way to the temple and they saw a lame man laying before the gate of the temple. They just didn't walk by that lame man. Some of us, sometimes we see an opportunity to allow God to do a work in us and through us, but we walk past these opportunities because we have our minds set on what we want it to be set on. But Peter and John mind was set on going to the temple, you know, to pray. And that's a good thing. They were on one accord. Both of them were together going in that temple, but they saw that lame man at the gate. And when Peter began to tell him to look on us, why did Peter say look on us? Because Peter knew what he had. When you know what you have, you can tell people look on us, not because of us, but because of what's in us. See, you got to look far beyond you. You have to look at things that are above and not things that are on the earth. So Peter was saying, look on us. He was saying, I know what you're laying here for. You're laying here to get some money. He said, but silver and gold have I none. He said, but such as I do have, I give unto thee. Peter knew what was on the inside of him. He knew the life of God was on the inside of him to heal him. So Jesus was, um, so Peter was tapping into what he already have to give to this lean man because he knew this is what you need. If you accept what we have, you don't have to lay here no more. You can go work. You can go make a living because if I gave you this silver, it's not going to make you whole. That's not really what you need right now because you're going to be put here every day. Think about it. People put people at the door of the temple. I'm going to say at the doors of the church. The church supposed to have what the world need. And we're looking for what the world has for what the church need. I'm going to say it again. He, they laid him at that temple. They knew it was something that the church could give that person. But everybody walked past them except Peter and John because they had a revelation. They knew who they were now that they're in Christ. So they began to manifest Christ, not them. So we know the lean man. He began to walk, not only walk, but he began to leap. And as he began to do this, they knew that this had to be a miracle from God because they saw this man laying here time after time and this man was not walking. It is time for miracles, church. 
It is time for the church to get your mind off of what's happening during this pandemic. It is time for us to get our minds off of what we think we can do. It's time for us to put our minds on what God has already done. And when you put your mind on what he's already done, that means you no longer conform to this world. But your mind has been transformed, changed, renewed. So now you can prove what the acceptable and good will of God is for our lives, not only ours, but for others. So Peter and their minds have been transformed. They had been changed. They weren't doing like the world was doing. They say what we do, the world can't even comprehend. Because they're not in him like we're in him. To them, this is foolishness unto them. He said, but unto us, it is the power of God. So we got to understand what prayer is and what prayer is not. We got to understand who we are and quit walking around like we know. And there's nothing happening in what you say you know. When you've been with him, when you spend time with him, you don't allow things to go on around you that does not represent who you are in him. That's change. That's when people know that you change because you don't put up with the same stuff. You're not doing the same stuff. So by Peter and John doing this, guess what? They were coming up against them. They were opposing them. Now look at this. These were the Pharisees. These were the Sadducees. Now they said they were in covenant with God. They said they knew the law of God. They knew all of this stuff, but yet they didn't know the power. Because they want it to be done their way. This is what's happening with the churches today. When somebody come in with the power of God. And all of us supposed to know the same God. All of us supposed to be born again. But when you come in with the power of God. And they're seeing God move and people being healed, delivered and set free. They're saying we don't want you here no more. We, we, that's not for us. Come on we serve the same God. The one you say you pray into. What do you mean this is not for you? This is this life. This is this resurrection power that the word of God speaks about. What kind of power are you going on? So they'll kick you out of the church. By the way, I've been kicked out. Truth, truth. I told y'all about the story. God sent me to a church to give a message. Didn't give me the message. The only thing he told me to do, get on the pulpit, shake the dust. Because they're not going to receive you. Allow my peace to come back to you. I'm like, okay. So I'm doing what God told me. But in the midst of all of that, people were being healed, delivered, and set free. They were being slain in the spirit. And as this was happening, I'm like, well, God, you said the people are not going to receive me. So we get in the dining hall and they say, can you please come back and do our youth conference? I say, sure, just let me know when. Somebody say, a day later. I get a call. And they tell me, well, at this time, um, we're not going to, we don't need for you to come back because what you're doing, we're not ready for. Come on, we serve the same God, people. So then several years later, I'm at a place at the buffet fixing my food. And this woman taps me on the show several years later. And she said, are you Pastor Brown? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I'm so sorry. It wasn't me. I said, huh? She said, it wasn't me that voted you out. It was them. Can you forget? I said, it was already forgiven. 
because God told me in the beginning. See, some things we don't understand that God is saying right, right then. Because he told me to shake the dust. They're not going to receive you. But when I saw the power of God moving, I'm like, come on, God. They had to receive it. They had to receive But see, it wasn't the people per se. It was the leaders. Because see, the problem is, and this is where I'm going. In Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John done what they did through the power of God. See, they got jealous because they say it's going to be taken from us. People are not going to receive us no more, so we got to shut them out. This is happening in the churches today. They don't want nobody to come up in there with something different because the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. They don't want the power in those houses, in the house of worship, because it's going to make them look like they don't know what they were talking about. Okay, that's what should happen. But they don't want this to happen. They want people to be ignorant. But when these men came together to discuss Peter and John, they knew, they said, these men are unlearned men. They don't get, they haven't gotten what we got, but they've been with Jesus. Who you been with? See, they had the same opportunity to be with him, to get to know him, but they didn't want to take that opportunity because they say, this is what you got to do to get to heaven. You got to be circumcised. You got to obey the law. If you don't obey the law, you got to be stoned. But Jesus bought some grace that they didn't want to receive to say, grace have already given you everything you need outside of you. They didn't want to accept the grace of God. Some of us don't still don't want to accept the grace of God and speaking in all them tongues. Because we still trying to fix it ourselves. So they want to get rid of them. So what did they do? They want to put them in lockdown. They didn't want them to talk about the name of Jesus. They didn't want them to teach on the name of Jesus. Why? They knew it was power in that name. I'm going to ask you church, do you really know? Let's talk about it. Do we really know when we say in the name of Jesus or when we say Jesus, there's power in that name? Not really because we abuse that name. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Lord, have mercy. Do you really want him to have mercy? You don't even know he already had mercy. So that's what we do. That's our language because we do not honor the name that's above every name. So how do we expect when something come upon our bodies and they give it a name and we say Jesus when we don't respect that name to be above those names? See, the church is out of line. Because when things happen in the world, the Bible said we're in the world, but we're not of the world so that means we don't do what the world does our makeup supposed to be different and the world supposed to know that it's different they supposed to know oh you're born again oh you're saved they supposed to call you out you don't have to get in nobody's face because the life that you live for him is going to speak for you Peter and John's life was speaking volumes to these people. Peter even answered them according to the word of God. But when they could not find anything else on them, after they threatened them, come on somebody. After they threatened them, and this is where I'm going. When they threatened them in verse 23 and being let go, they went through their own company. So they were threatened. 
And they went to their own company. And these are believers. Let me tell you something. When you're going through something, you don't go to no unbeliever. Believer, you don't go to no unbeliever. They cannot help you. What? <laughs> Why are you going to unbelievers and asking them something that they don't know nothing about? Because you're carnal. You are the flesh and not of the spirit. Because if you were of the spirit, you wouldn't go to an unbeliever for an answer. Can you touch and agree with me? You cannot do that. Because light and darkness does not mix. They don't believe what you believe. So I don't care who it is. You don't go with them. Can you pray with me? Or can I ask you something? Uh-uh. I can't ask you anything because you're not where I am. They went to believers. And they began to tell them what was happening. What would, what they had already been through. The threats. The, the persecution. And they began to tell them the whole scene. How the man was healed. They began to tell them everything. And guess what they did once they began to tell them. They began to come together. This is what the church is missing. A divided house cannot stand. Churches are not coming together. They're worrying about who's in my house, who's going to pay their tithes, but they're not coming together on one accord during this pandemic. You got some scattered here, you got some scattered there, and then you got some that's just not scattered. Here, there, what is the thing? Here, there, everywhere. You got them everywhere. And then they trying to tell you how to trust God and they scattered. Come on, somebody. You can, even with somebody that's saying they're saved, you better know the life they're living before you tell them to come into prayer with you with, if it's his will. No, uh-uh, you don't need to pray with me. Can you pray with me? I'm going through in my body. Well, if it's his will today, he, eh, see ya. They're believers. You know why they say if it's his will? Because they don't know what his will is. Oh, we're going to go there. You got some blabbermouths behind the pulpit. You got people that know how to bring the word to make you jump, to make you shout, to make you think the Holy Ghost have got hold of you and it's just flesh. Only thing you hear is preach. Amen. Bring it. And the life that they're living is not representing who he is. They're saying amen to everything and don't even know what truth is. Some people need help to preach. They need a little sound, a little organ to get them fired up. Holy Ghost don't need all that. Just let a breeze come across the pulpit. The whole message gone. Now you got to come up with something else. Now you got to come up with it until they put your paper back on the pulpit. Or your phone connect again. I'm just being honest. Come on, take the phone away. Even take the Bible away. And see where it's going to come from. You can only speak on where you've been. If you ain't searched out the land yourself, how can you get up here and tell somebody else what to do? If you ain't spending time with him in prayer to know what prayer is, how can you get up here and tell somebody else about that? That's a blabbermouth. 
So what they did, they went to their own company of believers. They knew the ones who really believed God. Why? Because they knew their lifestyle. They knew that they were disciples. They were followers of Christ. And when they went to them, it says that they were with one. They lifted up their voices to God. They were with one accord. That means that their minds was connected. Their hearts were connected. They were united. See, that's how it's supposed to be in a marriage, y'all. They're supposed to be one unit, one accord. You unite it. That means that when me and my husband come together, if we cannot agree, then we're disagreeing. That means we cannot move forward with what he want to do or what I want to do. We at a standstill. We have to wait because money is going to be wasted if he's saying yay and I'm saying nay. We need to wait. Because if he go on me and I'm wrong, the house is still tore up. Somebody better listen to this. You don't go on how you feel. And, and, and please don't say God said when you ain't spending time with, leave him out. You can't even hear him when he's talking to you during the day to tell you to shut up. But now it's always God said it. Well, what did he say? What scripture did he give you? I don't think I know it. He just said it. I felt it. It ain't about a feeling. Because all of us feel different things at certain times. But the first thing that they did, they went to their own company of believers. And when they came together, when they got together, they were lifting up their voices on one accord. And all of them on one accord began to talk about him being the creator. Him being who he was. So they were magnifying God more than they were magnifying what they were going through. How many of us, when we go before him, we're magnifying what's happening with us right then instead of uplifting him and giving him glory. So they were telling him, they said, Lord, thou art God. They recognize him as Jehovah, the self-existing one. You stand alone. Thou art God. They knew who he was. Do we really know who he is? Have y'all ever went outside? I know you have, Jamie. You do it all the time and you look up and say, God, look at all. You can look up, you can look down, you can look around. It's all God. It is not man. Man did not make a seed. Man did not make a seed. Man went and got the seed to produce seeds. Y'all didn't know? They did not make a seed. They're trying to duplicate what God done and they cannot do it. Did you not know that? Man cannot put you together again. That's why Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. He was waiting for all the king horses and all the king king. To put him back together again. They could not do it. The only one that can put us back together is God. He said, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. I have come to mend all of your wounds. Man cannot mend you. Once a man or woman hurts you, they cannot mend you and put you back together again. Because they're the one that hurts you. It has to take God to mend your broken heart. No man can do it with no flowers, with no new car. Now they may try that and it may last for a minute. 
with no new outfits. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll lavish you in all of this because they messed up. But they cannot mend that heart that's broken. The only one that can do that is God and it takes time. Why does it take time? Because you have to spend time with him in order to get that heart mended. You can't go to another man or another woman just because they did that. Somebody need to hear this. You can't go sleep around because they slept around thinking that's going to fix what was broken. Especially if you're a believer. You can't do that. We're still talking about prayer. You cannot do what they done and saying that's going to make you feel better because you don't know what you're going to get up with. Uh Uh-oh. It's quiet up in here. Somebody need to hear it. Somebody need to hear it. We're trying to do what everybody else done or what they done to us because we think that's going to make us feel better. I'm going to get you back. And that man or woman might not even care no more. So what I'm saying is you got to take the time to get mended from what's broken. That's why you don't just jump in relationships to think that's going to mend your broken heart. And this man or woman is going to fulfill something that somebody else couldn't. The only way you can be complete is in him. Not in no man, not in no woman, not in no bed, not mm -mm. Not in hotel, motel, holiday inn, no. You cannot be mended that way. Not even in the back seat. No. The only one can mend you. Is God. That's what we got to realize in these trying times. Nobody can mend you. I don't care if you even get in a companion. You spend time with every day. You putting that person in the place of God because you're lonely. So you finding something to cover that loneliness. That still ain't helping you. The only thing is going to help you is the word. It's being before the word. It's asking God to search you and show you you. God, show me what's in me. Show me what's driving me. Show me what's keeping me in the arms of another woman, arms of another man. When I know that's not you, show me me. Where is this coming from? Where is this lust coming from? God, I suppose to be born again. I'm communing with God. I'm in prayer. I'm talking to God. I'm telling him, God, this is where I am. But the first thing they did, they had to get to know him as God. So they knew that they can come to him. They begin to glorify him. They begin to lift him up. And then after they begin to lift him up and glorify him, they begin to use the word. How do I know? Because David spoke on this way before it happened. So they begin to remind God of what was already spoken. So they, they brought the word in. They talked about the word. See, they didn't just go to God and just complain and murmur. That's what we do. We start off complaining and murmuring like God don't know. God already know about your troubles. God already know what's going to happen with you before it happened. He already know when you're going to lie. When you think that you're telling the truth to him. He said that's a lie. He said you're telling me a lie. I already know you're going to lie before you open your mouth. I know your thoughts from afar off. 
You don't have to try to set me up to get nothing because I already given you everything that you need. And if you already know what you have, you don't have to go nowhere else to try to get it because you already have it. I have already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. Everything your hands touch is blessed. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed in the field of your womb. Your storehouse is blessed. Your ground is blessed. You are blessed. The blessings of the Lord makes you rich and ask no sorrow to it. You already have all of these things. So why are you trying to get it in a man and you're trying to get it in a woman? Because you don't know who you are in him. When you don't know, you're only going to go for what you think you know. But when you spend time with him, just like them, and I want you to notice something about them. They did not go to him saying, take away the threats. Take away the persecution. Lord, take me out of this. None of that. None of that. They said none of that. Why? Because they knew who was their protector. They knew their commission that God had given them so they wasn't worrying about being taken out of nothing. How many of us been praying, oh Lord, surround me so this pandemic won't touch me. Oh Lord, don't take me before my time. I got much living I need to do. I'm out of way. I need to get these muscles just right before I leave here. Oh Lord, I need to lose a few more pounds. Don't take me out before I lose these pounds and everybody see little old me. No, they didn't do all that. They were focused on what God had sent them to do. Church, we are losing focus. When we focus more on him than we do on ourselves, we can see his glory manifest. But we're missing his glory because we're so much on me, myself, and I. What about me? But they didn't focus on themselves. They focused on him so they gave him back the word of god that was already prophesied years ago then when and then they was talking about you already told us what was going to happen concerning jesus and the reason why they said this is because if it happened to jesus we know it's going to happen to us that was the whole thing so we're not asking you to take us out of this so i'm telling you quit asking god to take you out of something Because the more that you're in that place, the stronger you get. So you don't have to go back to that place. You can bypass that place. Lord, take you're not ready to be taken out of that yet. Come on, Daniel didn't ask to take him out. No, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't ask to take him out of that fiery furnace. They was telling God at that point, if I go in, fine. If I don't go in, fine. Either way, I'm going to be with you. So it don't make me no never mind. Whatever they want to do. And when they said they turned the fire up seven times as hot, it didn't bother them because they knew who he was. This pandemic had been turned up seven times hotter than it was when it first come out. Now you got, y'all, y'all going to laugh on this. Is it called Delta? A variant? Let me tell y'all something. <laughs> People say that's just how much you know. That's just how much I'm not really focused on, okay? Now, I got common sense, but the wisdom God give me is far above my common sense. Do y'all hear what I say? 
So when they was talking about the Delta, this is what I said naturally. I said, Lord, have mercy. What's going on on that Delta uh, airline? <laughs> yes, it is. What in the world are they talking about this Delta airline? People better not get on that plane and begin to fly no more. Duh. But when I got an understanding, I said, oh, see what I'm saying? I had to get an understanding of what was being said. So they made it seven times as hot. Now Delta is here. Guess what? They're going to have another name after Delta. Because scientists is not going to let it go. They're not. A scientist is one that's really a person who digs and digs and digs. And they come up with every little thing to prove that they're smart. And whatever they come up with, they turn it over and they talk and talk. It's power in your words. You don't even know what they're saying. This is the only thing you can rely on that's true. It's the word. Wait a minute. Am I talking to the church? Am I talking to the church? Am I talking to the followers of Jesus Christ? Or am I talking to the mixed multitude? I need to know which are you? Because if you're the mixed multitude, you're going to turn the church against, oh my God, you're going to turn the church against what they believe because you mixed up. That's what happened. Go in the book of Exodus. When they were being delivered, the mixed multitude come out with them. And when they begin to complain about what they used to have in Egypt, Then here come the Israelites crying. I remember. You didn't remember all that until you was amongst a mixed multitude. The ones that was part covenant and part world. That's the mixed multitude. Y'all didn't know? Some people mad right now. You're blowing up like a blowfish. This is your exodus. So we see. Y'all, I couldn't do this if it wasn't for God. Lord knows, Renee and Teresa and all them knew me in school. I said nothing to nobody. But now I'm making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Why? Because when you know truth, it is no way that you say you can love me and I love you. And I'm seeing you in error and I'm not correcting your error. That is not God. So we see what they did. They recognized the same thing that Jesus went through. It's what's happening now. They're saying, God, you spoke this through David. You already warned us of this. We were not ignorant of Satan devices. We're not ignorant of being hated. We're not ignorant of the threats. So church, I want to ask you something. When you're being threatened by the government, when you've been threatened on your job, (laughs) what you going to do? You're going to go into prayer and communication. That's what you do. You're going to go before the king of kings and the lord of lords and say, God, you're my source. You're the one that takes care of me. So I need to know what you would have me to do concerning this. Show me how to go in. Show me how to come out. Either way, I'm going to come out victorious. But this is only for the people Who spend time with God? I ain't talking about, oh, I'm going to go there. I got to say that one. Thank you, Lord, for your angels. Now, listen at what they said in 29. 
Now they already said in verse 28, for to do whatsoever thine hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. So they knew that God had already determined this. He already said what they were going to do. He already forewarned them what they were going to do. Just like he was telling Moses, you know, Pharaoh ain't going to let him go. Come on, God, you, you telling me to go before this man. You already know he ain't going to let him go. What you got me going before him for? Why you got me going through all of this? God does things for a reason. Sometimes we don't understand. We just obey. We hear, we listen, and we obey. So this is what they said in 29. And he said, now, Lord, behold, they're threatening. So he said, behold, they're threatening. He didn't say, take us out of this. And the only thing they asked for, they said, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. They say, all we want is boldness. Boldness to stand up for what we believe. Give us boldness. And then they said, not only that, Lord, but when we speak in your word with boldness, manifest yourself. Scratch forth your hand with healing and in miracles, with wonders and signs that they know that the word that we're speaking is not man, but God, it is you. They know that you're in this place. That was their prayer before God. And it says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken. God was in the place. Come on, when you ain't got them moving and shaking and going on. Come on, when when you're before God, God can come in all kind of ways when you're before him. Sometimes it may be a moving and a shaking. Sometimes it may just be a stillness where you can feel the peace. Even in the storm, you feel such a still. See, this is why the more time you spend with him, you're going to know it's God no matter which way he come. Some of y'all are still looking for that moving and a shaking. But God said, see, you don't miss me. I'm coming in a quiet, still voice, a whisper. Only thing you know is loudness because that's what the churches are used to. Loudness. Can't do nothing no more without music. If you miss the drums or you miss the keyboard, it's a dead church. No, it's the words that's being sung. You got to listen to the word. You got to listen to the spirit that's coming from. See, when we get used to something, that's what we depend on. That's what we say we need or it just ain't going to sound right. It's not going to be right. I'm here to tell you, Lucifer had them pipes. He had them organs in him. So when he began to sing before the Lord, all of it come out. But when we get so stuck on man's way of doing, then we forget who we are now that we're in him. Is music okay? Yes, it's okay. But you don't look up to that. You look up to him. You ask the Holy Spirit, help me, Holy Spirit, to be that music today, to be that voice today. Help me, Holy Spirit, to be whom you would have me to be. So we're going back. And it was a, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now they already had the Holy Ghost. They already had the power of God, but we need a refilling. We need a refilling. Don't y'all know you can get low on that? You need a refilling. That's why some of us in the church is not where other people are because you got to go in that word to get a refilling. You got to stay in prayer to get a refilling. You ain't doing it. 
But you're staying in the mall. You're staying in the restaurant. You're staying where you shouldn't be. You stand in front of the tube. Don't you know the enemy is really getting what he wants? Because he say, if they don't go to church, guess what? They can pick it up on the TV. They can pick it up on the iPads. They can pick it up here, there. But don't you know if I get them in front of that, they're going to switch to something else quick. He don't want you to assemble together. Because he's going to take your mind off of the word if you at home in front of the tube you're going to find something to do well let me go do this right quick and i can go back to that later your later didn't never come later he don't want you to have focus why because he know that the word brings you life so sometimes we use an excuse of i'll watch it from home and it's watching you You done fell out in front of, oh Lord, is it off? You knew what you were going to do. You in the bed with it. Looking at it. If Kim don't see no amens, hallelujah no more, she know you gone. What happened to you? (laughs) You know what happened to you. So we see. What they did. That was the power of prayer. I'm talking about the power of prayer. God manifests himself. But it has to be done y'all. The right way. Let me give you another example. So we see that they didn't ask to be taken out. Right? They didn't ask to be taken out of it. They were just asking God for more boldness to go through it. Because they were not going to stop delivering the word of God. Because they knew the word is what healed, delivered, and set the captives free. Then we look in Acts 16. Go with me to Acts 16. We're talking about Paul, the apostle, him and Silas. Y'all know what happened there? There was a woman that was in divination. And she began to follow Paul, Nim, and she began to be very annoying to Paul. So Paul told that spirit of divination to come out of her. By him telling that spirit to come out of her, and this woman was uh, delivered. She come out of her exodus. Guess what? The one that had her doing this and he was gaining from her doing it, he began to lie on Paul and Silas. See, this is what the enemy does. When you're doing a good work for the Lord, the enemy is going to come out with lies about you. He's going to come out with deceit about you because he don't want people to know truth. So what they did, they began to bring Paul and them out and they beat Paul and them with rods, y'all. They beat them with rods. That's what it was, rods. And when they beat them, they shut them up in prison. Why were they in prison? Because he was speaking truth. He brought deliverance to this woman that they didn't want to be delivered. Don't you know when the enemy has a hold on somebody and you begin to bring the word of God to that person they have hold of, don't you know he's going to make a spectacle out of you? I have been made a spectacle out of, because of the truth, I have been lied on. I have, people have said, I said some things that I knew I didn't say. Wind it back, please. But I ain't got time to keep winding tapes back. If I know that I'm doing what God tell me to do, then it's on you. It ain't on me. I'm going to keep it moving. So this is what I'm saying. So they threatened them. They beat them. Let's look at verse um, 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Paul and them didn't beg, let me go. Do you see anywhere in there Paul saying, let me go, let me go. 
You don't even see them saying, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. You see nothing, right? Only thing you know is they went. Who have received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fasten in stocks. They didn't only beat them, but they put stocks on them. They were in chains. But look at what Paul and them done. Church, who does this? And at midnight, can somebody say midnight? Paul and Silas, was they not on one accord? Were they not united? Did they have one mind and one heart? It said Paul and Silas prayed. It didn't say just Paul. It said Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. They were not in there complaining. Oh, Paul, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have got beat with you. Oh, Silas, shut up. I didn't ask you to come with me. They didn't complain and mumber and put it on each other. They just began to come together in prayer. They began to sing praises unto God. And as they done this, the Bible say, and suddenly, somebody say, and suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors was open and everyone's bands was loose. Look at this. Let's just let that marinate. How are you going to help somebody else when you on you? Paul and them didn't focus on them. What people don't realize is you want to come out of something too quick. God said, I don't only want to bring you out. I want to bring somebody else out with you. So when Paul went to prison, him and Silas, they didn't complain. They just went into that prison. But God said, it's some in this prison that's going to be loose and set free with you. So I have you here for a reason. They just begin to pray. They just begin to sing praises unto God. And all of a sudden, God released his power through prayer. And it said, everyone band was loosed. And y'all can go on to tell what happened to a household. The jailer got sick. Come on, somebody. Quit making it about you. Because whatever God have you in, it ain't only for you, it's for somebody else. So there go Paul. There go Silas. What did they do? First, they were united. They believed the same thing. They were believers. They prayed the same thing. They began to offer praises and sing hymns unto God. It was not about them. And other people got saved through them trusting God. So we're seeing the power of prayer. Amen. We're seeing the power of prayer. I want you to hold on to that. Say it's time for me to be delivered. Say I'm talking about me. So whatever you choose to do, that's up to you. Say, but I know where I am. And I know what I need. And I know through this message, she's going to it's not about me. Some people say it's not about you, but it is about you. Because you're making it about you. And I'm going to prove that you're making it about you. So we bind all offense right now in the name of Jesus. And we speak that your hearts are open to receive what God want you to receive on this day through him. Not through me. I'm just his messenger. Amen. Go with me to Matthew 6. This is a very familiar passage that we use or we read 
And sometimes we read it quickly, not understanding what it's saying. But I want to start at verse 5. And this is Jesus telling them about what prayer is not. Now, we saw the power of prayer, but it's going to come into alignment with what they did not do. The reason why God manifests himself. When we look at verse 5, it says, And when thou pray, this is Jesus talking, Thou shall not be as the hypocrites. I want to start with a hypocrite. I can't go any farther till I break down hypocrite. A hypocrite is a pretender. A hypocrite is a play actor. A hypocrite is saying something that they're not doing themselves. Okay? Let me say it again. A hypocrite is a pretender. A hypocrite is a play actor. A hypocrite is someone that's saying something that they're not doing themselves. A hypocrite is someone that's on stage um, portraying someone that they're not. Just like y'all see these movies that come out, they are portraying someone that they're not. But guess what happened? They end up becoming the person that they were not. Because they done played that role so long. And that's how you see them. I'm I'm putting this in there. I'm rolling with the Holy Ghost. Y'all know y'all watch Saffron and Son, right? I never knew none of them real names. I called him Fred and I called Lamont, Lamont. That's what I knew him by. Oh, you're talking about Lamont. You give me his real name. That's Lamont. No, that's Fred. You mean the man that always said, that's Fred. They were pretenders. But they got so much in their roles, it became real. Did it not? That's what a hypocrite is. You can be a hypocrite in the church. And don't even recognize you a hypocrite because you've been pretending so long and wearing a mask so long that you're not even recognizing you a hypocrite. You're saying what people want you to say because you want to be a part of what they're doing. That's a hypocrite. Hypocrite. Let me give you a scripture. When we look at Matthew 5, 8, it says, I'm reading out this Bible. These people show honor to me with words. Their lips, but their hearts are far from me. See, you can speak the word out of your mouth, coming through your lips, but your heart is far from the words that you're speaking. See, we can tell people it's going to be all right during this pandemic. It's coming out of our mouth, hitting, coming through them lips, but your heart is crying out, oh Lord, don't let me die. And you're telling people we're going to be all right, but you're a pretender. You're a hypocrite because you don't tell people something that you don't believe. Just hush. Don't let people. Oh, I'm, I'm going a little bit deeper now. They worship. Their worship of me is worthless. Do y'all hear that? It's futile in vain. The things, the doctrines they teach are nothing but human rules, commandments. You hear that? Commandments. So what he's saying is the stuff that they're teaching is what they come up with. It's their rules. It's their regulations. So their heart is far from me. They're doing what they want to do. They're hypocrites. They are pretenders. We're having this in the church. We're having people stand behind the pulpit quoting Psalms 91. And spraying Lysol like it's going out of style. Skirt. Spraying Lysol. Got notes everywhere. Scared to enter a place sitting in the parking lot of the grocery store to see how to go in and how to come out. I'm telling the truth and telling people.
people. He who dwelled, dong, in the secret place, dong. Hit me a beat, land. Land, where my beat? Where my beat? He who dwelled in the secret place. Did you hear what God said? Uh, he said, he uh, who dwells uh, mm-hmm, in the secret place. Help me, apostle. Huh? Mm-hmm. What did he say? Uh, what did he say? Uh, help me out now. What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? Uh, is he speaking to you? Uh, I know he's speaking to me. Uh, God is good. Uh, oh, yes, he's good. Let me tell you, church. What it done for me last night? Huh? Didn't it do it? Didn't it do it? Didn't it do it? Oh yes, he did. I'm tired. You got to go to the gym for all that. I ain't got time for that. Kim can't keep fixing my hair over and over again, sweating for no reason. People get high off of that because that's what they become used to. But then after all that said and done. Who's huffing and puffing now during this pandemic? Didn't it say, uh, he who dwells? Uh, yes, it did. Uh, we getting ready. <laughs> yeah. I did not say not to wear one. I'm just saying. Those are pretenders. That's a hypocrite. Because ain't no way somebody going to tell you what God's word says and then tell you to go hide up on the rock. And tell you not to come out of your house to get grocery. That's a pretender. That's somebody that's just running their mouth and their heart is far from God. Be who you are. Be real. You shouldn't have to pretend for nobody. Quit trying to justify what you do and how you do it. If that's what you do, do it. But don't hurt nobody else because they're trusting God. But you don't want to make nobody stumble, people. If you got people that are weak in the faith and you see them on with a mask, put it on. Because you don't want to make them feel like they got to be where you are, people. Humble your... Oh, I'm going somewhere. Lord, have mercy. I ain't going to get ahead of myself. Because we got some pretenders in here trying to make people think, I don't need one, but you're hiding with everything else. Wait a minute now. I don't need no man. God got me. But you can't believe him for the ache that's in your toe. And you're talking about somebody with the mask. Just say I ain't got there yet. But leave everybody else out of you. That's a hypocrite. We need to quit telling people in one aspect and we're doing something in another aspect. Just say, I haven't arrived yet, but it don't change him. God can still heal you behind the mask. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Oh yeah, Holy Spirit. Thank you for helping me. See, this is what a pretender is. This is what a hypocrite is. We want to prove ourselves before man. Oh, I'm going a little bit further. This is what it says. And when thou pray, thou shall not be as hypocrites. Everybody understand hypocrite, right? So it's going to help you understand where Jesus is going. He said, for they love to pray. 
standing in synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. See, a hypocrite, this is what he's talking about. Pretender, they just want to be seen. They want people to see them in the church. Looking like they know everything. They just want to be seen in the church. They want to be seen out on the street corners. They want people to know, look at me. But they're pretenders. They're praising me with their mouth. And it's coming out of their lips. But their heart is far from me. That's a pretender. So that's the first thing. And part of that pretending is, is wanting to be seen. That's a form of pride, people. Where pride is, there will be a fall. Go with me to Luke 18. This is being seen of men in Luke 18. We know it was two men, 18, 10 through 14. Two men went up to the temple courts to pray. One a Pharisee, oh my Lord, a Pharisee praying, helping Lord. And the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood alone and prayed or stood and prayed about himself. He was so full of pride. Listen what he said. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Look at that. He looking like I'm not like other people, meaning that thieves, cheaters, evildoers, unrighteous people, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. See, that's what we do. See, he was full of pride because he was comparing himself amongst himself. And the Bible said that's not wise. I could say, Lord, I'm coming to you because I'm not like Sister Deborah. I'm not like Quan. I'm not like Julia. I'm just not like Gloria. They thieves, they robbers, they don't even pay their tithes. I'm not like them. I'm not even like Apostle. That old tax collector. I'm making it about me. That's being seen of men. That's meaning I want you to look at me. I'm better than they are. That's pride. We have that in the church because we have church going people say, I'm not like that fornicator. I don't fornicate no more. Now, if I don't fornicate, you don't need to be fornicate. But you lying. You just fornicated because you're looking at the flies have sex. You lusting by looking at a fly. You looking at people on TV hoping you can get with them or hoping you can have a man to look like that. Women, single women. Come on, let's talk. I ain't had no man in 30 years, but you had them, them actors on the TV every time it come on. Oh, but I ain't like that fornicator. I don't cheat on my wife. You watching porn? You've been cheating. You're looking at that woman on that job every time she get up from the desk. She don't need no help. She got two legs. I ain't like that man. I love my wife. But you're lusting after another woman in your heart. Out of your mouth you saying you love her, but you're lusting. Even in the church. Come on, y'all, let's be real. See, none of us can fit his bill. So we need to take our hands off everybody else. That's what grace did. Grace helped us. 
Because we couldn't help ourselves. We got some people that think they're holy. Oh, let me shut my eye. Here she comes. She's getting up from the desk. Let me shut my eye. She already in your head. Open them. You already got a mental picture of what she looked like in your head. So just open your eyes and just go ahead and look and ask the Lord to help you. Same thing, women. See, we got to understand when we get in a place with the Lord, none of that stuff matter. You can look at a man, you can look at a woman, but you don't look at them lustfully because that's somebody's wife. That's somebody's husband. What if the shoe turned on the other foot? How would you feel? Oh, I'm talking right. Mm-hmm. Y'all too quiet. This is your exodus. So look at this. He wanted to be seen, y'all. He wanted to be seen. So he was putting somebody else down. This is what's happening in the church. We put other people down so we can be lifted up. That's a form of pride. We make somebody look little so we can look big. That's a form of pride. I'm talking about the power of prayer. You can't even go into prayer with yourself. This is what I'm talking about. This is what prayer is not. You cannot even go before God with you looking to you and talking about somebody else. This is what this tax collector did. He wanted God to see him and he wanted the tax collector to look worse than he was. But you know what the problem was? He had so much guilt in him. He was basing it on what he was doing, but it wasn't done the right way. I don't care how much you do in the church. I don't care how you on time. I don't care. If all of that you're doing, if you're doing it with the wrong motive, God don't take that. You don't get saved because somebody else got saved. You don't quit cussing because somebody else quit cussing. You quit because you know who you are now. And that's not a part of the life that you live because you've been spending time with God in prayer. Oh, let's move on. Let's move on. Look at verse 6. Now he's telling you, but when thou pray, he's, he's telling you how to do it. He said, get alone by yourself. Now if you want to go in your own little closet, go in your own little closet. Shut yourself off in the, in the broom closet, whatever closet. But you going by yourself, you ain't looking to be seen of nobody. You ain't looking for your wife to see you going into prayer. Hey, hey, baby, hey, baby. I'm praying. I know. I just want you to know that. You ain't worrying about all that. Because you going to the Father. And you praying in secret. And he reward you what? Openly. Now look at verse 7. I'm going to go to another spot. Here go another one. But when you pray. Use not vain repetitions. That means it's empty. Let me read it. It says use not vain what? That means that's what? Empty. Empty words. He said, as the heathens do. Y'all, that's for the uh, unsaved folk. That's for the Gentiles, heathens. They continue saying things that mean nothing. It's babble. It's repeated. It's empty phrases. Let's go there. We can go into places and you hear somebody just praying, just praying, just praying, just praying, just praying. Then they say it all over again because people hiked in the place. When you hear people get hyped, you repeat yourself. You keep repeating yourself. You keep repeating yourself. Uh Uh-oh, I done hit something. 
And oh Lord, uh, I know you hear us. Oh yes, you. And somebody holler out, I know you hear us, Lord. They holler out again, I know you hear us, Lord. They holler out again, I know you hear us, Lord. They hopped in somebody else holler, oh you're hearing us, Lord. Get past that. He ain't deaf. So you think he's hearing because somebody hollering. That's vain. That's empty. That's babble. People get certain people to pray because they want the room stirred up and think they done something. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get past some more stuff too with praying. Some people pray long prayers. And I mean they're long prayers. Some people do that because they want you to know they know the word. You can pray one simple prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, heal them. And it's done. You don't have to quote every healing scripture that you know to let people know you've been in the word. Lord, you said by his gripes they were healed. Lord, you said you sent your word, you have healed them. Lord, you said this and Lord, you said that and Lord, you said this. By then they say, I don't hurt no more because you just talk too much. I, I forgot all about the pain because it, it wasn't the word. It's just waiting on you to shut up. You just took my mind off the pain. I done went to sleep and I ain't felt nothing. Them, them long prayers. That put you, you, you know them long prayers. That's why in funerals they get people that can hype you up. Can put a little gourd. <laughs> Y'all better be taught. You better know the difference. Oh, didn't they really pray? I mean, they really prayed. Didn't they really bring it? Yeah, they really bought it. And I be sitting there saying. Not that I'm trying to say I'm better. But sometimes we got to realize it don't take all that. That's why he's saying, don't be like those people. And when you pray, don't be like those people who don't know God. That's what it's fair to say. Who don't know God. I'm talking about church folk who got God in them, but yet don't know God. So they think they got the Bible and they got that go all day long with prayers to get people to hear them. To know where they are and where they've been. Let me do a correction because I feel a fence hitting me. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, it hit me. Okay, Lord, let me, let me help somebody so you won't be offended. Yes, sometimes you can pray because long prayers because that's where you've been. But the Holy Ghost lets you know when to hush too. Help me somebody. Just because all that word in you, he said, I don't need all that just for this. Save from that, some of that for later. I don't need all this just for this. See, just because you got all the word in you, the Holy Spirit lets you know when it's enough. Come on, he lets you know when it's enough. As Deacon Rick say, enough. He hit the table and told the man enough. The man wouldn't shut up. So Rick had to come in with some boldness. Enough. And he hushed. When you get sick and tired and sick and tired, you just say, enough. Okay, And some people keep repeating themselves out of nervousness because they forget what they said the first time. So they go back to that and you'd be like, I heard that one. Yeah. Then some people repeat themselves with certain people because certain people ain't listening to you anyway. Amen. So he's saying we can't be like these people. They continue saying things that mean nothing. Babble, repeat empty phrases, <laughs> thinking that God will hear them. Did y'all know that God healed the sick, give sight to the blind, 
give the deaf man hearing. God ain't deaf. You think God is deaf? The louder we pray, we think we've done something with God. The louder we holler, we think God heard us. And God is saying, I already know your heart if you don't even open your mouth. Why are you hollering at me? Why are you hollering at me? Do you know why we holler at people? Because we're not hungry. We're angry. Yeah, sometimes we do holler because we're hungry. And that brings on anger. It does. When you're hungry, you get boisterous. But what I'm saying is God is not deaf, y'all. We don't have to pray long prayers to get God to hear us. God hears his word. And if we're praying according to his word, we don't have to put everything on it to act like God ain't heard us. Sometimes people think just because you pray long, you got what you need from God. Jesus is telling you, you don't have to do this. He said, don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him, y'all. So God is telling us, this is what you don't do. This is what you don't do. When you come to me in prayer, you don't do these things. Some people tell you, y'all get off this hype too with, with praying, with worshiping, with all of this. People have their way that they have reached God. They put it out there to try to help you, but don't do it their way. God looks at your heart. When you go before your father, the father have many children. He have many sons. He have many daughters. He know all of us. I'm different from Teresa, even though we serve the same God. Her worship to him may be different from mine, but it's still worship. So I'm not going to tell her, oh, you're doing it wrongly. No, if she's developed her way with God and she understands God in that way, that's what we do when we're alone with God. He know all of our needs before we, we got to quit telling people, well, how should I go before him? How should I worship him? Well, just say a few words before you go in. Nope. Might not be me. You don't do like everybody else does. They have their way. But whatever we do when we're with him, it's going to come into alignment with him. And if it does not, the Holy Spirit is going to check you. He's going to let you know that is not right. So we can't look at the way people bring on. Now it's Thanksgiving, praise, and worship. But when we come to worship, it is an intimacy with God. Come on, that's how marriage is, people. It's some thanks. It's some praise. And it's some intimacy. We just cut off all of that in marriage. We never thank each other for what they do. We never, not just, you know, oh, my husband, he's just awesome. Not because we making, I'm making him better than yours. But see, it's a difference. All of this comes from God. Everything comes from, from God, y'all. But it comes from the heart. And when you spend time with God, you will know how to treat one another. If you're treating people um, in a terrible way, it's because you ain't spending time with God. Because God don't treat people like that. God don't keep going off on people because you had a bad day. But if you do, you apologize, you turn from it, and you don't go back in that same way because you're going back in with the Father and communicating in prayer and say, God, why am I so hateful? 
Why is my mouth always getting me in trouble? Why can't I shut up, God? He's going to tell you. What some people don't want to tell you, they just let you make a fool of yourself. So when we spend time with him, we know how to treat each other. We know what to say. We know what not to say. We know when people are touchy and feeling in an area. So we back off that area and we ask the Holy Spirit how to bring it because we just don't go in like that. Or if we go in like that, we say, forgive me. I should not have said it that way. We catch ourselves. The Holy Spirit will let us catch ourselves. But if we're angry, we ain't going to catch ourselves because we're going to think we always right. So when we go before the Father in prayer, it's not about us. That's what this is about. I want to be heard, I want to be seen, and I want to be attached to. It's not about you. That's rejection. See, you're feeling rejected, so you're going to the Father because of how somebody treated you. What they, That's rejection. Come on, God, you've been accepted in the beloved. God loves you based on Jesus, not based on you. Why are you basing your life on what somebody else think about you? That's not who you are now. I've been accepted by my Father, and that's enough. I've been adopted by him, and that's enough. I've been made complete in him. That's enough. You cannot complete me, baby. Don't even try to think you can. He's already done that. But you can add a little whipped cream. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, y'all, the power of prayer. We see the power of prayer that have left the church. Because the church mind is so focused on what's happening in this world that they're forgetting who they are now that they're in Christ. They're forgetting that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, for casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We're going to bring those things into captivity until the obedience of Christ. But our disobedience has to be brought obedient. We got to understand we as the people of God have to line up with God's way of doing things. And it happens in prayer. You can't keep going to him about you and your family. It's more than it's you and your family. They went to him about everybody. Everybody, we're forgetting is more than just us going through in this pandemic. So let's take our mind off of what we want people to see us, hear us, and be attached to us. So we become hypocrites just to get what we want. We want people to believe we believe something, but yet we don't believe it because behind closed doors, we're shivering. Because people don't see that, but God does. So God is saying, hush. Don't you speak and say, I'm dwelling under 91 when you know you ain't. Just say, God's word don't lie. And if this is what God is saying, this is what we're supposed to believe. Cut it off. Do not be debating with people because now Christian folks want to tell you what you need to be doing outside of this word. It ain't no word in it. I'm trying to protect you. How can you protect me when I got a protector? You can't even protect yourself. I was sharing with Kim. This is funny. We are so much. We have our minds so much on COVID. 
that our focus is on COVID and the enemy is sneaking something else in. Because he, he wants us to focus on COVID so he can sneak his other devices in. Then when that device come in, you're not ready for it because you focused on this. I was telling Kim, I said, you know, I remember people were so focused on AIDS and HIV. You ain't take a drink from nobody. Now COVID done got your mind. You drinking from everybody. Laying with everybody. See, the enemy want to kill you one way or the other. If I can get you to focus on COVID, you will lay with whomever you want to lay with and don't know what they got. Y'all better hear. When the Lord is speaking, he's taking your mind off of these other things that you're doing because you think COVID is the big dog. And it can be the little dogs that's killing you. But it's nothing bigger than God. We're supposed to magnify God above all things. Quit putting your mind on just one thing because the enemy's using that one thing to take your focus off of what's already around you that's killing you. And they tell you, they tell you this. If you got a life-threatening disease and you had that, if you come in the hospital and they know you got a life-threatening disease and they test you and you come up with COVID, they're going to write COVID as your killer. They said it. We better focus. And if we miss it, it's not God's fault. If I miss it or you miss it, it's not God's fault. It's because we lost focus. He wants us to focus on things above and not on things of this earth. Do not lose focus. Y'all, I have sat in meetings with physicians, with social workers, with the whole staff. And in these meetings before all of this stuff came, they were looking for ways to find diagnosis to keep people in the hospital if they didn't find no diagnosis you had to leave the hospital or come back in with another to get readmitted or you just die and if your insurance only paid for three days you out of there in three days y'all better open your eyes this is the only thing that's going to keep you for eternity for the rest of your life I don't care how much good insurance you got it will wear out The word is what will keep us, y'all. And I'm not just saying this just to be saying it because I got to be kept every day by the word. Y'all don't think things come at us? Yes. That's why I'm telling you. Quit listening to this babble with hypocrites. Listen to truth. Take this truth in when people come to your house and want to talk about COVID. Say, COVID don't live here. Now let's talk about Jesus. I hear what you're saying, but anything that I don't know that I need to know, if I'm with him, he's going to tell. Don't go to that house. God know where you are. I don't care what kind of injection you took. God know where you are, even with an injection. He'll tell you, don't go to that house. Well, God, I got Psalms 91 and I got the booster. I can go. I need to go check on them. I need to let, stay home. And you go. Somebody say three days later. Where you at and where they at? 
Y'all better hear God. I don't care what you're taking. I don't care what you ain't taking. Hear God when he's speaking. Whatever your mind is on is what your body going to be on. That's what your body is taking in. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so is he become. And yet, y'all, it's a proven fact. If pain been in your body for 10 days, you got used to pain, pain want to leave for a day, you worrying about where pain is, and you say, where is that pain? Come right back and stay with you. That's where your mind is. Come on, it's the truth. So we have to have our mind on things above and not on things in this earth. And we have to be in communication with God to hear what he has to say unto us. Because all of us got some skeletons in the closet. So quit pulling out everybody else's skeleton and deal with yours. Because when them skeletons come together, you're going to scare one another. And you don't need no Halloween celebration. There it is. So I'm telling you, y'all, let's deal with ourselves and live like God want us to live. And when people see us living the good life, they want what you got. But if you keep beating on their head what the word is saying, because this is what you want them to do, guess what? They're going to look at you. Well, you ain't doing what you said. I saw what you did the other day. You told a lie. That's not how God works. Leave them people alone and mind your business and live your life the way God wants you to. And they're going to be watching you. And they're going to talk about you. Well, Kim didn't do that. Miss Deborah didn't do that. They just walked past that. They didn't stop and entertain that. But you did. <laughs> so I know the ones that's living for Christ. You don't have to tell me you saved. Because you was in the midst of them. Doing all them new dances. They got up and left. You stayed there and you did it. So why are you trying to tell me you saved? That's because you're guilty. You know, people speak out their guilt. <laughs> Did y'all not know that? They let you know where they are by their mouth. Well, you know, I, I just stayed. I, I didn't have to stay, but I, I stayed because I, I want them to know I love them. Well, when Jesus come and hell is wide open, you going to hell with him? No, I'm going home with Jesus. Well, why didn't you just go home? You don't have to explain nothing to me. God is a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. We explain because we feel guilty. So we're trying to justify. Amen. The power of prayer. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Do we have, um, can we have the announcements? I know we have some announcements.